Tov. We continue in our discussion of the prayers, and we're up to the prayer of Yishtabach. Rupinkas discusses that when we go through the arrangement of prayer and we pass through one realm of existence to another, there's what also is called a transitional stage, such as Baruch She'amar is this transitional stage between the morning blessings and the korbanos, which is the world of action, to the next world of Sukkot de Zimra. So it's the transition. Yishtabach is the next transitional stage from the world of the angels, that's what Sukkot Zimra is, to the world of the unity of God, which is the world of Shema Yisrael. So the transition is a very important part of prayer because in order to get into an inner realm, um, the realm that's more internal, you have to use some kind of transition. And if we grab the transition properly, we can enter further deeply inside. Another transitional part we use is the Kaddish, as we've explained, that it elevates us from one realm to another, as the word Yiskadel Yiskadeh suggests. And the Kaddish is meant to ascend us from one world to another. Therefore, when we say a Kaddish for departed relatives, the goal is to raise up their souls from one world to another. So between the Brachas and Korbanos and Zimra, there is a Kaddish, a Kaddish to Rabbanan, and then we move into Baruch Shamar. He's skipping the Ashkenazic version of a Kaddish after Mizmor Shir uh, Hanukkah Sabais. And when we finish Pesukah Zimra, we want to enter the world of the unity of Hashem and the Kriyashma. There's Yishtabach and a Kaddish as well. Okay. Now it's interesting, between the world of Shema and the Brachos and the Amida, there's a very interesting point. There's no Kaddish there. But at the end of Shema and the Amida, in the morning, there's no, because we have to connect the redemption to prayer in one breath. You can't interrupt it with a Kaddish. And the reason is, that even though the Kriyashma and the blessings were still not at the state of standing literally before the king, but they have a certain nature that's similar, that's uh, very close to that, and therefore it's like a preparation for the Amida, and therefore we don't want to break it up. Now also, after the Amida, we go down the worlds, there's a Kaddish before Ashrei of Olatzion, there's also a Kaddish before the Psalm of the Day and also between the Psalm of the Day and the Kitaris and after the Kitaris. But the point is there's always transitions everywhere except between the Shema and the Geula which we'll discuss when we get to the Shema and the Geula. We'll discuss that. So we have to understand this concept of transition and what are we transitioning to? We're transitioning from the world of angels. That's the that's the uh, uh, that's uh, Yitzira, the world of Yitzira. We're going to go into the world of Bria. 
So to explain this, we have to understand the concept and the structure of what we call a world. What's a world? Now remember, our goal is to reach Olam Haba. So let's just, for the sake of argument, because this is you know totally not appropriate, just to make it a little understandable, let's say that Olam Haba is level number 10. It's Olam Haba. So therefore, you gotta go through first level, second level, third level, <laughs> onward until we get to the 10th level. And everyone has its own, every level has its unique nature. Okay, now, included in all these levels, there's this level called Gehinom. Interesting. That's like the first floor. Why? Well, we understand. When you come into Shul on a really snowy day, not like this, and your shoes are full of mud and guck, what do you got to do before you go in? You got to clean your, your mud off. No? Which is in this world. And that's the purpose of Gehenim. With all the fire and all the discussions, what it is, you have to know Gehenim is really full of compassion. If you don't take, you know, in, in God's world, you don't come in with dirty boots. You're just not going anywhere. So what does Gehenim do? It cleans the dirty boots. It gets rid of the dirt. So now you can reach higher levels until you get to the 10th level, which is to delight in Hashem. The delights of Gan Eden are so great. All the Hanos of all those realms, you can't get there. Okay, until you've gotten rid of the boots, the mud. So everything, you know, depending on where you're going and what the uh, stakes are, what has to happen is going to reflect that. So when you want to come into the house of Hashem, everything is important. Any, any bit of dirt is important when you're going into Hashem's house. If you're going into a doghouse, it doesn't matter. Okay. So therefore, when we talk about getting rid of the boots, the mud... So that's all the issues that deal with the whole concept of Gehenim and all that's awesome, scary stuff. But it's all a preparation for what's afterwards. So therefore, just like in this world, there has to be the same idea as well. And then when we finally get to higher levels, let's say the third level, we start enjoying things. The fourth level even more. Till you reach the level, the highest level, which the rabbis called no eye has seen this besides you, Hashem. Over there in that realm, there is eternal kindness, infinite kindness, infinite mercy. Okay, the higher the world is, the more kindness you have. Okay, so how do we get there? We get there through hard work. We got to get through the Gehenim, then the Ganeiden, and then we go from one world to another. All kinds of things that are beyond our, my pay scale to explain. But that is the map of this spiritually high worlds. Okay, that's up there. What about in our world? Our world, in certain ways, parallels the higher worlds. 
because this world has everything as well. We've got first floor, second floor, third floor, same thing over here. As the Nefesh Shachayim says, that man has the Tzalem Elohim, the image of God, it means that in the person, all the worlds of existence, from Gehenim until the infinite reality that no eye has seen it, it's all within the human construct. Just like God has all that, we have it to a certain degree. And there's certain worlds that are an aspect of no eye has seen that pleasure except Hashem. No one has any understanding of that world. And we have to pass through a lot to get there. And that's in this world as well. And in this world, everybody has their own Gehenna. For some, it's the fact that it's not learning Torah. It's not successful at all. That's a Gehenna. For some people, they can't stop talking Lashahara. Everyone knows the bitterness of his own soul. He can't control his temper. And he says, it's a big mistake to think that in this world, you know, there's a lot of tsarists and a lot of goodness, and at the end of the day, it's like a parv mixture. He's like, well, just mush it all together. He says, no, 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 no. The truth is, there's real Gehenna over here, and there's real pleasure. When a person is totally out of control and screaming and yelling, he is in Gehenna in this world. He's smoking. And when his mom is experienced the most amazing Shabbos, he's mamish and oil That's what's there. So over here, we can even touch these higher realms. And just so we can touch the Gehenna over here. And that's what's very interesting. In this world, we can find a touch of all of these things. And that's the nature of our world. Okay. So we live in this world. And we're trying to connect to higher reality. So it's very interesting. The Medrash discusses the story of the wicked King Menasha, the king of Yehuda. He was so wicked. He was once captured by the king of Assyria. And they put him in a boiling hot pot. And he was going to be dinner. And Menasha called out to all his idols to help him. And they didn't help him. And he saw it didn't help. So he said, I remember when I was a little kid, my father would tell me, teach me a pasuk that when things are bad, call out to Hashem. So he said, okay, I never tried it, I'll try it now. I'm going to call out to Hashem, and if you save me, that's good. And if not, well, then guess what? You're just like every other idol that doesn't answer. So that was his prayer, a real chutzpahic prayer. The Malachim and Shemaim were in charge of the prayers. They locked the gates of prayer. We don't want such a crummy prayer. He said, Hashem, <coughs> he's putting idols in the base of Mikdash, and you're going to accept his tshuva? To which Hashem says, if I don't accept his tshuva, we've closed the gates to all Baal in the future. So what did Hashem do? He dug a little hole, so to speak, under his throne of glory, where the angels have no control. And he'll sneak it in, whatever that means. So what was what was Menashe? Menashe was very clever. What did he say that God took to heart, so to speak? Menashe said, I sinned so much. 
I've sinned so much, I'm past the stage of anyone having mercy on me. And if there is a limitation to the mercy, that the sins could be so bad that God can't have mercy, so that means, God, your mercy has limits. And if your mercy has limits, you can't be God. Because Manasha understood if God really exists and he's an infinite God, he has to have infinite mercy beyond what we can comprehend. The angels did not recognize that concept. They didn't know that God could have mercy way beyond. And there Hashem made a little hole that he could sneak in because the Malachim can't comprehend that. Okay, he shows them that the 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 the, the level in Shemaim that's beyond the angelic realm is no eye has seen this goodness besides Hashem. And he saved them. Okay. So this is, in other words, when we get to that place where Hashem is all by himself, there are no rules. He makes the rules, he breaks the rules. And things that don't make any sense on our lower levels, Hashem says, that's fine. But I make exceptions to the rules. So just like we have that story with Menashe, we also have the same idea, uh, and, and an idea that the Malachim don't understand that there's even a possibility for salvation. This happens to us in our world sometimes. Let's give an example. A doctor decides, lo aleinu, that a person has a terminal disease and you cannot be cured. Or a person is trying his hardest to stop Lush and Hara and it doesn't work. Which means, according to nature, there's no hope. The doctor said, I'm going to die. That's it. I tried a million times to see it. Oh, I can't do it. And that's what the angel said about Menashe. Justifiably. If you put an idol in the temple, you don't deserve any kindness. And still he was saved. So therefore, what does that tell us? That even in this world, we can reach a stage in this world to benefit in ways that no eye has seen that besides Hashem. This is a potential situation of Tremendous mercy is in this world when? When we're saying the Amida. That's that's the world. Okay. And the first step to get us there is Krishma and the Brahas. That's gonna get us into that stage. Because with the with the with the Kriyashma, we say, Habokher Biamo Yisrael Baba Hashem chose the Jewish people with love. And love overcomes all sins. Obviously, no one is as bad as Menashe. When he was in that boiling hot, his mamish in Gehenim, he didn't give up. He called all the idols when it didn't help. He says, I'm not going to give up. And then he remembers, he remembers Hashem. And what does it mean? Even though he's on all these sins, the love overcomes that, ignores it. That's that realm where there are no rules. So now when we started our davening with the brachas and the korbanos, we recognize the kindness of Hashem that is in this world. Normal kindness. My eyes work. I can walk straight. 
Pesukah Zimra is to explain how the true soul appreciates the world, the world of chesed, the world of song. We all sing. Okay, that's all part of our world. But now we're going to start heading out of our world to the world of that no eye has seen this, this kindness. And that world is higher than the world of the angels. That's called the world of the kisei, of the throne. And that is a, a strong grasp of the chesed that comes through the power of prayer. To cling to the infinite kindness, which is all included in Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echod. Echod means you are the only king in the world and where there is no judgment, there's nobody. You are the one. And although there's prosecution, all these things, but there's a place in the oneness of Hashem that's beyond everything else. And in our world, our world establishes certain realities. Two plus two is four. Four plus four is eight. Fire ascends. Water goes down. Okay. In a world where somebody speaks Lashon Hara, we burn his tongue. Someone who wastes time gets punished. That's the laws of nature in our world. Okay. And guess what? In this world, if cannibals are cooking you up, you're going to be supper. But in the higher world, there are no such rules. There's only one thing. The will of Hashem. And the will of Hashem is only to do good. That is the real echad. The malachim can't even understand that. That someone who puts an idol in the base of English, still we can accept his tshuva. That's all true until you get to the echad point. But when you get to the point where there's nothing besides kvod shemaim, in that world we could break all the rules. So in the world of the angels, which is psukhah Zimra, the angels are screaming out that someone who puts an idol in the base of Migdash, he doesn't deserve that tshuva should happen. But we go into the world of the Kisei HaKavod. That's the world that can break everything. What's the problem? We're not aware of it. When we get to Shemona Esrei, we're not able to pray because we have so many tsars. Now, we, we know that we put various idols in our temples. As the Nefeshachayim discusses from the Zohar and other places, if you have bad, bad thoughts, really bad thoughts that you're thinking on and you're dwelling on and you're enjoying these terrible thoughts, it's like you are putting an idol in the Kachik Kadashim because your mind is the Kachik Kadashim. It's possible we do that, but we also have to know we can go higher than that. And we get to Kriyashma and the Brachas, which is the world of the throne. We can get out of our Tsaras as if there is, there is, um, there's no one who can understand how we can get out of it. And that source is the Amida before Hashem, and that area, and that's why we connect Geula to Tefillah. Just like Hashem redeemed us from Egypt, where there was no hope, and yet this week's parsha, there was no hope. We were finished. No way we could survive. What does Hashem do? You know what? You cry out to me. You jump in. You, I'll find a way. And it's very important. And that's what the Amida, you have to believe. You have to believe 
that even if you can't figure out a way out and you don't even deserve a way out, in Hashem's world, the rules can get broken. It's like the president can do clemency. Pardon. He's a murderer, I pardon him. What's going on? What do I want? Hashem is much more powerful than the president. Hashem can pardon whoever he wants to pardon. But you got to get into that world. And this is the real problem. There's a mission Pergayavos that tells us man is very beloved by the fact he was created in God's image. And guess what? Man was even more beloved because Hashem told him that. He says, it says in the Torah that Hashem made man in the image of God. That's human beings. Jews are precious. We're called children of Hashem. And we're so precious, Hashem let us know that because he wrote in the Torah, we're children of Hashem. And the Jewish people are precious and Hashem gave us a very precious tool and even told us what it was. It was the Torah. What is this Mishnah Pirkei saying? It's saying, you know, a person should realize you're not just anybody. You are in the image of God. That means you have powerful tools like God. Problem is you don't know about it. And if you don't know you have it, you're not going to use it. Therefore, the Torah shows Hashem loved you even more because He even told you that you were the Shalom Elohim. Hashem tells us we have it. That's for every human being. And the Jewish people are told that we're children, we're children of the king. And when you're a child of the king, you can go to the palace whenever you want. You don't have to stand in line with everybody else who stands in line. And guess what? You may not even know that you're the child of the king. So Torah says you are the child of the king. If you don't know, then you wait in line. But if you know you're the child of the king, you don't wait in line. You just butt in. And finally, Jews are so beloved, Hashem gave you his greatest treasure. His greatest treasure. What are you doing with it? Do you make diamonds? No, you don't make diamonds with the Torah. The Torah is something that you build heaven and earth. And you may not realize it, but Hashem says, that's what you got. So this is the, the problem. When we come to pray, we can't believe that number one, as any human being, we're in the image of God. We have tremendous powers. B, we're the children of Hashem. And we have a Torah that enables us to connect heaven and earth. So that, so in other words, we think everything goes by the rules. We think we're all a little shtickle menashe. I've done so many bad things, Hashem could never forgive me. Give up. It's a, I, I know myself. I'm not that good. Why should Hashem do these amazing things for me? You got to realize when you get to the highest realm, there are no rules. And they beat us coming. And we have to transition into that. And that's really what's happening now. And when we come to Ishtabar, we are transitioning from more of a world of mankind and the realm of the angels where there are limits. But as we start to get into the Shema, that's getting much to the Echad. And it's getting us very, very close now into the actual throne room like we're in the palace we're going into the palace and then from the palace into the throne room the, the rules change and especially us because we're kid, his kids 
You have to realize that. So what, where, does this, where does this transition come up? So let's look at the transition in Yishtabach. Yishtabach has 13 praises. Shir, Ushvacha, Halel, Vezimra, Oz, Umem Shalah, Netzach, Gidula, Ugvura, Tihila, Vitiferes, Kedusha, Umalchus. 13. And Mishra Paskins, we shouldn't take a break between them. Say one breath. All 13. And Baruch Shemar also has 13 praises. Same idea. So what's so special about 13? Well, we know so much, but number one, 10 is this world, 10 spheros. 13 is the connection of one world to a higher world. A connection between two worlds, the bridge, the transition from one world to another. Now we come into a whole different idea. The world where things, you break the rules. The rule of Echad. So before we really enter that, that world of only Hashem, which is beginning the palace of Shema and the throne room of the Amida, where nothing stands in the way of prayer, we begin with Yishtabach to say there are 13 words that parallel the 13 attributes of mercy. And in this world, there are things that can hold us back from receiving benefits like sins. And naturally, we can't knock them off. But with great mercy of the 13 attributes of mercy, that's the aspect of no eye has seen this except you. And through tshuva that reaches the throne of glory, Hashem will allow us to bore a hole through the, through the uh, throne and the sins get pushed away. The 13 attributes of mercy can nullify any sin that was given to the Jews after the Chet HaEgel. After the Chet HaEgel was such an unforgivable sin after everything I did for you. You couldn't wait one more day? It was an unforgivable sin. And what happens? I shall forgive. And I'll give you the 13 attributes of mercy to know that I will always do that. So therefore, these 13 praises that are hinting to the 13 attributes of mercy now combine the world of action and the world of malachim to the world of unity. And with that power, we can ascend higher and higher to the world where the eye has not seen, where there's no limitations. And therefore, we have to enter the Amida with a complete Amuna that you can break all the barriers to change the situation completely, especially when you're getting into the Krishma and the Amida where it actually is staying from the king. And when we say the words, Hashem, turn your children to your Torah. We can be praying for our brothers in Eretz Yisrael who are still so atheistic Hashem you can make things that they'll, they'll have to start to concede to certain things Hashem the, the, the terminally ill you can heal them because you are a merciful king a doctor says there's nothing to do but you're the rofe of everything you always have a solution and therefore, all those problems in life, through prayer, we can break through because the human being is in the image of Hashem. 
So we're able to make that happen. So this is a transition, and also, usually people who will come to shul might be a little bit tired. And it's hard to get yourself going. You haven't had breakfast. Most of us haven't had a coffee. Some have, you get up real early. But I haven't had, so it's hard. You're pushing, you're pushing yourself. You're trying. But when you get to Yishtabach, getting to Kaddish then, now you start, the booster rockets start coming in. Start waking up, we're, we're dawdling louder. And then we have to start thinking, we're, we're now moving into the, we're moving into the palace now. This is serious business. You could be half awake maybe as you're getting to the palace. But once you get into the palace, you better be wide awake. And then soon you're going to get into the throne room. And that's your chance. You could get whatever you want from him if you are deserving. And that's that's the, the transition. Transition is always important. If you don't have a good transition, the transition is we're moving from the world of rules to the world that you can break the rules. And that gives you confidence to continue and with that prayer. Okay, tomorrow we will get into the first bracha of Yotzer Orb, Ezra Sashem.